Outdoor Zone with DJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, get going, leave the sinking ship behind. Come on the rising wind, we're going up around the bend. Yeah. everybody yeah it's the outdoor zone coming to you live from the bunkhouse yeah it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch but we call it home every sunday morning seven to nine right here on 1049 the horn or 24 7 365 at the outdoorzone.com oh what? What we is, just i can't oh what is that wet stuff yeah an unusual I, stuff. it's I, because i washed my truck that's what I did this week. It was the first time I washed, washed my truck in three months. <laughs> Me too. And it rained. And I did one of the high dollar thirty five dollar washes. Oh, I did it ouch. myself for three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> ouch. So uh, yes, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch. But Salt Dogs is the ranch hand that gets here early, swings the gate open, comes up here, gets the old pot belly stove going, pour some water over the old coffee grinds and. That's what we're drinking. He was again a little worried this morning, morning. wasn't he? Yeah. We, we, we had a hard time yeah, getting up the hill with all gonna, this rain and mud. I didn't think we were going to roll in here. Come <laughs> on. So, no. I did. I was moving a little slow this morning. Uh, I did not want. I, I had grumpy head. I woke up and I was like, You grumpy? I can't believe that. Can you? You're not The last thing I'm going to do is do this. You're always cheerful and joyful. Happy, happy, joy, joy. I mean, you normally skip down the hallway. We call you Winnie the Pooh when you're not around. (laughs) I just wanted to tell you that. At least part of that. So sweet. Shall we uh, introduce up. a guest? <laughs> hey, a, a guy wandered in on the and sitting on the porch. So this I'm TJ Graney, and in. that is Cody Ryan. Beefsteak yes. is sitting shotgun. He's in charge of news in and my, information. My, in and his mic. iPack T-shirt, which is the one that uh, the lady at the convenience store didn't want to give him coffee. She, she, <laughs> she does not like you after he wears that. She shirt. was not happy this morning either. And nope. we have a special guest with us in the house. It's Herman Brune. Is it Brune? Is that the way? That's the way you say it. All yes, right. Sir. Herman Brune's in the house with us. Herman Brune's a, an old, dear old friend. Not an old, old friend. A dear old friend and president of the Texas Outdoor Writers Association. Ooh, Very ooh. prestigious <laughs> role. And uh, if you haven't – there's a – Good chance. There's a good chance. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. I'm in front of. I mean, I'm sitting with Herman, my my idol. If there's a good chance that if you ever have a story about meeting a cowboy, a real Texas cowboy, it's probably Herman. <laughs> well, I think or, or he's somewhere in the background, right? Yeah, he's on a horse. He's in the there. story. Well, I yeah. appreciate that. So, Herman, you. Uh, you are from the uh, uh, south of here, uh, south of Austin, down in the Columbus Lagrange area. Right, Columbus, Texas. Uh, I'm just a little north of Columbus. We like to say we're from Shaw's Bend. 
Uh, old, old community down there used to be uh Is it really Shaw's Bend? Is that really the name of it? Yeah, that's a community. Yeah. Yeah, you've been there. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it used to be a community. And, uh, you know, I've got my own radio show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I first started my show, I had a neighbor lady on one time, and she described what this country looked like before Highway 71 existed. Whoa! And that you know that's pretty cool. You had to go through Shaw's Bend to get to Austin. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I can't. I've, I mean, of all the years I've driven up to Austin from the Houston area, there's always been seventy one. Sure, I don't ever remember. Yeah, right. Well, this lady could describe what this country looked like, uh, you know, back in the horse and buggy days. So, wow. Well, well, the boss's steakhouse, was it there? Uh, no. No? Back <laughs> no. then? No? Okay. She said she remembered going to church on Sunday morning and, uh, you know, being in a Model T on the way to church and meeting my grandpa on the way home on his horse with all his coon hounds headed home in the morning. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, wow. Yeah, so. That's was, great stuff. Well, we're going to talk some more with Herman about Oh, all kinds of stuff that's uh, some stories and some activities that are that are coming up here soon down in the Shaw's Bend area. And uh, we're going to invite you guys down there to come come down there with us. Um, yeah, it's raining out there a little bit. It, it, it's not that cool down, you know, refreshing it'll, rain. It's it'll keep it cool, though, and it's, it's just enough rain to get that grass gooey. green back up. So you can, but it's not flooding anything. No. It's not flooding anything. There's not holding water anywhere. It's not going to raise the lakes any, but we're still going to drop our water out about a foot a, a foot a week, I'm sure. They're the LCRA. That is crazy. Steelers. They're, now, I just saw that again, where they're calling out, oh, boat ramps are being closed. And, oh, yeah. You know, and, and then you read the articles, 255 whatever million gallons yeah. is being, was released in July. Yeah, we're dropping it in faster, June and July. Obviously, twenty six feet faster than we've. Yeah, we're getting it. And now what we're going to get the call is drought time. Save water. Well, I've Don't. been seeing the signs. We've got signs all over around our. I mean, not in my well, neighborhood. You know what I heard too was they they do that whole drought thing, but they never take it back fully to the. It's you'll like never a, go to like, anti drought. No, it's like a gas tax. Has it ever gone away? No. When they put tax on gas. But I did notice that my diesel was a little bit cheaper the, today. Really? <laughs> yeah. I like, need to go fill up geez, then. Last geez. couple times, man. Le- I can fill a $100 bill. I'm filling up the pickup truck. Yeah, it was 70 something, 75 bucks for 22 gallons, 23 there, gallons. There was, was a lady low. on the neighborhood app that said, <clears throat> Help me. I put gasoline in my diesel engine oh what, what do i do don't move <laughs> yeah don't. she said to started it up and just went uh-oh and shut it down and it was like what do i do you is that the it? first thing you do when is you get on a neighborhood app no hey when man you if you're, a, you're first a, thing you do is you get outside you take a bunch of pictures of it you throw it up on that Facebook for sale app. For sale. <laughs> Don't <over>. move it. <laughs> Push it to the side. It's full of gas. <laughs> Great <laughs> work, <laughs> truck. Yeah. Literally, gas. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, uh, oh, I got my boat working, Cody. I was going to say, so Beefsteak, he told us a story last week about how the first uh, time he'd taken his boat out this year. He took his boat, took his boat out, and uh, the cousin didn't have the plug all the way in, so the water got in there, and it messed up the, it messed up some of the... the uh, Trim. The trim on oh, the boat, good. so the motor wouldn't go up and down. And, uh, down, and this yeah. week, you'd, you'd taken it to the dealer to get it looked at, and you know, which is normally what we would do, right? We'd just go somewhere and say, hey, what, oh, what do I do? Or you call them or something. What? And Call so them. walk through yeah. that because it was a it was classic beefsteak. No, it was just everybody was going to everybody told me, "Oh, that's going to be 3 maybe 4 weeks." Every oh, that was right. the answer. Right. To we're backed oh, up. Yeah, this boat is repair. boat season. Yeah. And I'm like, and to just pull it over and oh, it sounds like because water got it all up in there, it's going to have to replace everything. You oh, know? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Corrosion and all that. I'm New like, batteries. Everything. And I'm like, It's a mm. boat. You're not supposed to get water inside a boat. Yeah, I know it's weird how that, <laughs> how that is. So anyways, I went to uh, another uh, 
Marines in South Austin store. I won't say which one it was. Yeah, unless but. they want to advertise here, and you can contact sure. me hey, or TJ. Yeah. 512-789-3838. It's South Austin Marine. They've been there for 40 years, right? Wow. So yeah. I walk in, and I wanted to talk to them. It turns out there was a mecha- boat mechanic on lunch. Really nice guy. Yeah. Just reverse them, you know, the relays right there. Uh, and, what did I tell you? Just like you said, I said, right. I know a guy that said that already. <laughs> and uh, I didn't so believe him. I didn't listen no, to so him. No, so we ordered them, and we got we got them in within uh, two days. I was able to pull that quad pack off, you know. The get old quad in there. pack, yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. And, uh, and, and 11 millimeter. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, what it was, man. Maybe <laughs> 7 sixteenths. I don't know, something like that. And pull that off in 270, and 271, whatever it takes. I, by the way, I did swap those relays, and it just still didn't work. Oh. But when I got both new... <laughs> <laughs> oh. But oh. when I got them both in... <clears throat> oh, that's a 13-millimeter drive. <laughs> so when I got them in, and bzz, bzz, perfect, man. In fact, I was going to take uh, Mrs. Beefsteak out today. Oh, but it's but, raining. But it's raining. Oh, so shucks. She probably won't. And it may get wet. We don't want the you, boat to get wet. You go out and you were planning on going out in a boat and didn't go out. Chalk Here, that Herman, up. you got Save it. me, Herman. You did yeah. some boating out there in Shaw's Bend. Oh, not a whole lot. Now, we do have the Colorado River there. We've got a bunch of the boys that love getting in the river. And listening to y'all, is it's, it's interesting perspective. But y'all talk about the lake being down. And we're the ones downriver that look at it. We want more of that water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 you so people, you people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, how's the water looking the river down there? It's not too bad. It's pretty low. It's been pretty low. It's been down. You know, they did turn some rice water loose this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had enough to be able to turn some rice water loose, which is really big deal for us. And all your rice farmers all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Right. Uh, you know, now the water they're releasing now, it's more in the perspective of, of letting fresh water get to your bays and estuaries. That's, you know, that's the primary. I think that's one of the big reasons they, you know, they have to do that now. Uh, and they're, you know, they're anticipating that this bugger's going to fill up again this fall. So, you know. Well, that's... we need it. We need it to do that. You know, it's funny. I was with... Uh... I was at one of our uh, an outdoor riders conference and Kirby Brown was there. Sure. And you know Kirby works for Ducks Unlimited now. Right, right. And he's been Kirby Brown is a guy who's been in in the political circles strategic lobbying, lobbying right. for all different kinds yeah. of outdoor groups and he was with and this was a couple of years ago when Buchanan and Travis mm-hmm. were empty. Right. I mean, they were 60%, empty. 60%, 70%. I mean, they right. were. It was bad news. It was yeah. when we ha- were having the prayer meetings in Austin. Yeah. In churches around Austin to put water in that yeah, lake. praying for rain. Yeah. Sure. And and uh, and Kirby was at this meeting, and it was a packed room, and he was like, and the rice farmers need the water, and they need <laughs> to be released to us. And, <laughs> and I went up to him afterwards, and I said, of the ducks. I said, do not get around Cody because <laughs> he start is, with me. and because you know we're up here, sure, and we're I know we have friends whose you know businesses are dying, the real mm-hmm. estates, you know, and you go go drive by Lake Travis right now or or, or Pernellas uh, Creek or whatever, and you'll see all the boat docks just sitting up on the dirt. You know, I mean, it's. It, it it hurts closing. us up here just as much as sure. it hurts them down there. So sure. it's a it's a weird balance, and that's and it's always been a struggle, right. you know. But right. no, that's no, it's exactly right. When you know when the rice country dries up, well, that's going to affect your your tractor tractor d- dealerships. It's going to you know tire shops, you know, you know grocery stores, everything down there on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, uh, you know when they don't have the water too, so. Yeah, and then you figure how many people have moved to Austin, and TJ, you're in my lifetime. You know, Austin doesn't look anything like it. No, did, no, you know? no, no. So, y'all are gonna have to carry the rest of the show because FLW Live is going on at the Forest Wood <laughs> Cup <laughs> on Lake Wachita going on, and they have it live on four on uh, FLW Fishing going on right now. Check it out. We'll talk more about it on the flip side. It's the Outdoor Zone, the number one outdoor radio show in the world. Or so we claim. Right here, one place According every to... Sunday morning from yes. 7 to 9 a.m. on 1049 The Horn and 24 7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. But you come back again. Just remember that you're not alone in your shame and your suffering. 
Hey, American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. Us guys here in the bunkhouse, the Outdoor Zone, we're always shopping from Mother Nature's grocery store. Fresh and delicious meats of every flavor, venison, pork, fowl, and even delicious bass. Quit saying that. Because <laughs> some of us eat those things. No. Yeah. Post your shopping pictures on our Facebook page at the Outdoor Zone. Go to theoutdoorzone.com. You can track us there. <clears throat> with all of our craziness. McBride's Guns. McBride's is Central Texas family-owned and operated gun shop. If you're looking for the right firearm, McBride's can help. If you're looking to trade your guns, McBride's is the place. An expert gunsmith on site? Only one place, McBride's Guns. Hey, if you're looking for that youth model rifle or shotgun, go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you Make the right choice, McBride's Guns. You'll find McBride's in the same place they've been for years, the corner of 30th and Lamar. You can call them at 512-472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns is our hometown gun shop. All right, Cody. Lake yeah. Wachita. Last week I was having trouble. What uh, state is that in? That's, uh, well, God, of course you had to ask me that, right? <laughs> Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh, Hot that's Springs. in Arkansas? Sure. I thought y'all were oh, talking we about knew. this last week. We knew it was in, well, we didn't, I don't think we had the name of the lake right or something, but I knew, I remember now we're talking Hot Springs. Because, Hot Springs, baby. Yeah. You were Wood about Cup. Going there they actually kids. announced yesterday that next year's Forestwood Cup is going to be at Lake Wachita in Hot Springs, Arkansas again. Well, wow. hey, you got a lucky, good thing. Lucky. Leave it alone. Not right. coming to Austin because they keep releasing water. But So next no year's <laughs> next year's Forest Wood Cup, August 10th through the 12th. This year, it's going on right now, FLW Live. It actually just clicked off. Uh, my computer's having some issues. <laughs> so we got you back or what? what? You got me back, Tim? No, because now I'm trying to click to get back on immediately. <laughs> He's got now, fish brain, Herman. That, uh, you just got to well, see Well, you that. know, when I, when I was in school, if you skip school to go fishing, you got in trouble. Nowadays, it, you know, it's part you of the You get paid for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, they got yeah. high school fishing, college fishing, and some of these guys actually... Uh, transferring over to the top 10 fishing today. Some of these guys, I believe, were in the college program and the high school mm. program, worked their way up. Uh, now they're leading the Forcewood Cup, shooting, uh, trying to trying to catch $300,000 worth of bass today. So you'll be able to watch that, I believe, on flwfishing.com <clears throat> at 5 p.m. Central Time today. You'll be able to watch the final weigh-in. Always a fun thing to watch. But they also have FLW Live going on till noon or noon 30 today. You can watch the guys on their boats fishing. The top handful of guys, uh, James Niggemeyer, a guy from East Texas, just one of our Texas boys, sitting in third place just a no couple of pounds out of the lead and had a uh, has had a fantastic tournament. A guy that transferred, uh, fished with the Bassmaster Elite Series for several years, transferred over to FLW just this year, was the first year he's fished. FLW had a fantastic year, qualified for the Cup, and now sitting in third place. So uh, they thought he had a a, a lead, uh, the the lead going in, but uh, a couple of guys brought in some some surprise fish. You know, they, they estimate the weight of these fish throughout the day, and so they have a kind of a running tab of uh, what these guys are catching throughout the day. But you'll learn that some of the guys will say it's a two-pounder when really it's a three-pounder. A little sandbagging. A little sandbagging. Yeah. Uh, you'll also find, you'll also learn the guys that do it the other way, say it's a three-pounder and really it's a two-and-a-half-pounder. Because <laughs> they want their uh, name up there. Yeah, because yeah. then their name's sitting on they top get, of the leaderboard all, all day long. It's all media stuff, right? So then they get all the attention. Justin Atkins, the winner, the young guy, the rookie last year that won the, uh, I believe he was a rookie last year, won the Forest Wood Cup. Uh, he's sitting at ninth place again this year. So the kid's good, man. It's hard to beat these kids. But I'm rooting for our Texas boy, James, uh, East Texas boy. 
Yeah, fellow Bass Pro Cabela's guy, you know. Come on. Got to stick with the brotherhood there, right? Lots of topwater action. That's the thing these guys are doing. It's a hot August day. Uh, Most of these guys are fishing shallow topwater, not getting a lot of bites, catching four to six fish a day. Um, But those big fish are up there cruising in that shallow water, in that warm, hot August shallow water, cruising those shallows looking for perch or you know, ambushing uh, bait. Yeah, they're just frogs. They're right. up there shallow, eating eating whatever they can get up shallow. There's some deep grass that some guys are fishing, catching mm-hmm. a few fish out of the deep grass, but most of these big bass, big big bags are coming out of the shallow water, which you wouldn't think necessarily in August. You know, it was... Not hot it, water. It makes me think about when you and I were uh, fishing on Bass Drop. Yeah. And... Uh, We'd be fishing along in, in the evening, doing an evening fishing tournament or something, or just out there fun fishing in the evening. Yeah. And, uh, and then Cody would hear the frogs start croaking on the shoreline and around and stuff, and he'd switch his bait to a frog, and he'd start slamming these frogs, you know? <laughs> right. Because he was I'd just... Catch the fish, not the frogs. Yeah, catching the fish. <laughs> throwing a frog, catching <laughs> the fish. But... It was funny because, you know, it was just one day I just realized that that's what he was doing was he was just him r- smart. He had just rolling <laughs> with it and, and throwing that frog up in places where because you don't see frogs swimming around, you know, they're up in the reeds and they're up in the thick stuff. And I'm like, I would never throw up in there. And he's cranking it up in there and that stuff. I'm like, God. Cody, you know, my good buddy, Ray Hanselman. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, Ray will put that on his Facebook page. He's yep. over at Amistad right now, and he was out there yesterday, and he put it all over his Facebook page, what he was catching his fish on. It was all frogs. Yep. Well, and, I, I you know. saw that. Lake Amistad's fishing, man, fantastic again. Mm-hmm. A big key to that factor mm-hmm. I, I saw in the equation from Ray's uh, uh, report yesterday was grass. The grass right. is back on Lake Amistad, so we haven't. Well, had they better grass get some there. carp in there quick. <laughs> <laughs> better get rid of that grass. But lots of grass growing. It, it sounded like right. And, well, the lake's down. You yeah, know, and it. Yeah. and he said it's down right where he likes it right now for yeah. fishing. And uh, oh gosh, you should have never said that. <laughs> Cody is going to I got to leave early today. <laughs> told you all that. I'm going to start this afternoon. Well, that's, that's a good place to be. Oh, Man. yeah, I know. Absolutely yeah. beautiful lake and fishing good again. It's good to hear that it's fishing good mm-hmm. and that there's some, some grass back. And, yeah, and Ray had a great report yesterday on his Facebook page, Elite Series Angler. Right. Had, right. Fished his first Elite Series this year and did awesome. Right. So... Uh, or is doing awesome. I guess he's still got a couple of events left. So right. I got I got whitetail hunters with Ray down in Mexico for yeah. about ten years. So I yeah I, I I pretty much listen to what he has to say. I know he's going to shoot straight with you. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Ray's a good guy. He's uh I saw him the down here when they Elite Series came to Lake Travis earlier this year, mm-hmm. and uh, man, that's a weird. It's a weird deal, you know. You kind of see somebody, some of your buddies, or somebody you know, and you naturally, you're in a fishing environment, and you naturally just want to talk fishing with them. What? But you can't. Oh. You know, when they're in the tournament, I've never been on the other side of that, where I, you know, I'm like, yeah, man, the fishing, yeah, you know. And he's like, I can't, I can't. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't. Because you're about competing. fishing, because he's competing. Right, right, right. And uh, so I've never been on the other side of so that. So if that was a fisherman is a liar, now you're a professional fisherman. You're you know, professional you got, liar. you got to be a professional liar. Okay, now I was an outdoor writer that, that writes about fishing. That is even the, the elite of the liar. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yes. Yeah. Above all else. And I've been yeah. in trouble for that. <laughs> hey, uh, He's told me stories I didn't even know happened to myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, the, uh, so, so you last, can write about them. We had Gordon Taylor, Captain Gordon Taylor from Rockport, on the show last week, and uh, and I'd forgot to ask him about that million dollar fishing boat that got in the accident at that big tournament. And he That's called true. me after the show, and he said, "Hey, uh, I, I wanted to tell you about what I know about that fishing boat." And so there was an offshore tournament and a million dollar fishing boat on cruise control in the you know, miles and miles out in the Gulf, it runs straight across a shrimper boat, and the million-dollar boat sinks. 
everybody <laughs> gets off, off the shrimper boat. Yeah, absolutely. There is a video of it. Yeah. And there's videos of the because there was other boats in the area. Yeah. And um, but there's no insurance. From what he said, he said he's hearing that there's not going to be any. The, the guy's not going to get paid insurance on it because he, there was nobody captaining the boat. There was nobody. The captain. Oh, Salt Dog's got some info. Uh-oh. Come on, come on. Right. Here. Well, I've got a, I've got some info and a couple questions here. So, uh, so what I heard originally was that this boat ran across the boon of the shrimper uh, that was right. sticking out and tore a hole through the through the hole. With that being said, though, the report is there was eight people on this million dollar fishing boat. Now, I understand if you bring in a so called hundred uh, inch blue marlin, it's a pretty exciting thing. I do have questions as far as you have eight people on this boat and nobody looked up in time to see you approaching a shrimper at 28 knots. That's I mean, you're flying across the water. You're flying. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and like you said, other boats in the area, you would think maybe somebody would either get on their radio or something to kind of warn mm. them. We have eight people on this boat and nobody saw you approaching a shrimper. So they got a hundred inch blue marlin, bro. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, hold my beer. 63 <laughs> bottles of beer on the wall. 63 <laughs> bottles of beer. Uh, and then my, my final question on that, uh, I mean, it, was it midday? Do we know what time the incident happened at yet? Because, uh, I mean, early in the morning or something, if it's still dusky on the water or something, I can kind of give you that. As a fisherman, it does get tough to see out on those bays and on that water uh, at that time. But, I mean, midday, I mean, I don't I don't blame the insurance company here for not paying no, out. No, Gordon, Captain Gordon said there was nobody captaining that ship and that de- defunct their insurance or whatever, and the guy's going to eat it. He just has to eat it. There's no options there. Wow. So, hmm. and it's and it went under. I mean, like it's gone, gone. gone. It's hmm. gone. I sure wish well, I, I would could be, eat a million dollars. Well, I would be. Uh, <laughs> I'd be scuba diving. You know, though, maybe those I guys. The chair. I don't know. Maybe those guys. So when they got rescued, one did of those the Coast guys, Guard come out? Did they jump on the shrimp boat and start helping out? Did what they do with the big fish? You know, I'm not letting this go. He, he might could have got 200, 200, 150. I don't know what that tournament paid, but they pay big money. You know, you got to get a little bit of money. You out got of a it. half million dollars back or so. Anyway, uh, the redneck fishing tournament in uh, what? Yeah, yeah so Herman's going to go to that. Bath, <laughs> Bath, Illinois, Bath, Illinois. They have those Asian carp there. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll tell you about the redneck uh, fishing tournament with those carp that when you drive your boat down the river, they fly out of the water and smash you in the face and everything. We well, have them all around here. Oh, my they haven't gosh. They have learned to fly as well. They're though. having some fun in Illinois. We got that, and we got... Uh, news of the weird? News of the weird. Herman's going to come in on the news of oh the weird. Herman oh Broom, president of the Texas Outdoor Riders. We're going to get him on tape saying something. <laughs> something really weird. Yeah, we're going to get something out of that. So it's, uh, it's all live in the bunkhouse. You only get it one place. Sunday morning, 7 to 9. Right here on 104.9 The Horn or 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Kevin Fowler here, hanging in the bunkhouse with my buddies TJ and Cody Ryan, only on the Outdoor Zone. Yeah, the other night, I met this hot country mama, she's looking fine, I'm thinking, ooh, yeah, I wanna take her home, make her mine. Welcome back to the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. You are tuned in to the Outdoor Zone, number one outdoor show on radio, right here on the Austin Radio Network, 104.9 The Horn, flagship station for UT Sports. Aldo Leopold said, I am glad I will not be young in a future without wilderness. It's up to us to train up the next generation of outdoor men and women. Don't sit on the back row. Stand and fight. Give to the outdoor, the kids' outdoor zone. Land, cash, vehicles, boats, or start a group in your church. Go to kidsoutdoorzone.com to donate. KOZ, no kid left inside. This week's show brought to you by Sun Auto Service, our friends, family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. They've worked hard to earn your trust and keep your vehicle running like new. They hire only ASE certified technicians to work on your vehicle's locations, 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 
1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and that new location out there off 620, 1206 Ranch Road 620. Hey, go see our friends at Sun Auto. I went in there uh, just last week, got an oil change. They got me in, got me out, got a bada boom, bada boom. cousin took his truck in there. Yeah. Old Jason got his truck in there, got them brakes. You know, he bought that truck and he said, (laughs) he said, yeah, the brakes just don't. Just don't really work in it, and I said, "Well, that's that's not very good unless maybe you buy a bunch of cheap tennis shoes, cut a hole in the floorboard or something. That ain't gonna work for very long, you know what I mean?" <laughs> so anyway, go see our friends SunAutoService.com. They've got lots of coupons and deals going on right there. Hey, now it's time for this week's news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. So, the first thing that we're going to touch on is this redneck fishing tournament. Um, I, I don't know. If you're an outdoor guy, you've probably seen it, where the guys are in their boats and they're driving through the lake or driving down the river, and the the particular one i'm thinking about is it bath illinois don you act like you've been there you know. i have i actually have yeah <laughs> there's a rib joint uh got smoked ribs so they have the asian Best potato salad they have they, the they asian kid carp. me herman that no matter what city i they, they talk about where they are or we're not going. kidding you that's the truth and i'll go hey there's a rib joint or the best blackened you know catfish is over here or whichever I, it is uh, i travel around the country and i'm telling you that i and I'll call him during the week, like, yeah, I'm in the airport going to Indianapolis. He goes, oh, man, you got to go. Okay, you get out of the airport and you go to the right. <laughs> and there's this Chinese place behind the garage of the – anyway. Tell uh, him to give you the beefsteak special. <laughs> <laughs> He'll remember me. Uh, I want a T-shirt. So they have this uh, – these asian carp and the, when you drive your boat down the middle of the river they go flying yeah and you've seen these videos if you if you track any of that kind of stuff at all you've seen the videos where the, all kinds of stuff guys will take their bows down there and they'll the oh, fish will jump out and they'll sling an arrow and they'll get them with their bows and um but this is a deal where so they're really trying to to thin out the the fish out of this river and so they have this redneck fishing tournament and it is hilarious and uh people have you know football helmets on and and catcher breastplates or or garbage cans lids you know for the the key is they can't use a fishing pole no, the they all thing. have nets ah, or something, garbage can, whatever. Bats. Yeah, most of them have these nets, and they're flying down the river, and these fish are flying and smashing into them and everything, and they just have these nets. And But I'm telling you, it, not, it looks hilarious. One guy had on this big old boy. I mean a big old boy. And he had on this kind of breastplate thing, and it was uh, little pockets, and everyone had a can of beer in it. <laughs> and uh, but oh, it was man. so good, it was so good. And they and and they but they catch hundreds and hundreds of these cars. They're trying to get rid of them. Yeah, I mean it is incredible. It's a how much serious problem. All right, well, so the winner, the winner is is the one who gets the most out of there. Yeah, I guess so, they yeah. they lose track about halfway through. <laughs> they don't even know how they remember. You got to remember, rednecks are different. We got different kind of rednecks. Yeah, you're saying you're, 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 right. you don't need to describe rednecks to Herman. <laughs> no, see, because I'm, I'm, st- I'm still thinking dynamite. No, <laughs> they, they, hey. they now they lean up there. the The rednecks are more hillbilly class, you know. Right, right. And oh, if he, yeah. He's winking at me. He knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm not exactly trying to say too much about my relatives, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just different. I just, think I was married to one of them one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good story. Asian carp can weigh upwards of a hundred pounds. Roughly fifty thousand pounds of Asian carp are caught each year at the Redneck Fishing Tournament. Golly. Five this year's haul was five thousand eight hundred and eighty three. Man. I guess we shouldn't wow. laugh. We should take him out to Ladybird Lake. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've talked about it. You know, they had a restriction on Lady Bird there, or uh, not Lady Bird, uh, ta- uh, Ta- Lake Austin. Lake, Lake, Lake Austin, Austin yeah, uh, where they released all those grass carp, and they had they pulled all the restrictions off of them. You can catch them now. You can do whatever you want with them. So there's talks about there being a Woo! 
fishing, a grass carp fishing tournament. <laughs> so uh, start it, Herman. One of the things yep. that uh, Don was talk when he was talking with you this week, you were talking about uh, the. Um, the elk survey is that what it was? The elk survey, and they were surveying the grass. Oh, you were with some oh, old, oh. some. I t- I'll tell you exa- exactly what happened with so, that. So and, and so we got elk hunters. You know, right. a lot of our buddies are elk hunters. There. Oh man, Cody said he was out in this neighborhood the other day, this week. Yeah. He's got a job in this neighborhood, and he was driving through the neighborhood in two different places that morning. He saw guys running with camo on. Yeah, getting and not, guys, yeah. and not not on the road. They're, yeah, they're running, running in like the ditches, the bar ditches you know, ditches bar and ditches stuff. and stuff. I said, I know what they're doing. Yeah, two <laughs> weeks, two weeks before elk hunt, they're running. Yeah, you gonna burn, you gonna burn that whole thing off, buddy? I don't think so. The best exercise that I ever figured out for these guys to go do is put on your backpack and go run bleachers. Oh yeah, and do that for about a month before you go. Now, there's nothing else that's going to get you ready because when you go up where the air's thin, mm-hmm. you're just not going to. That's you can't get ready for that down here. Right. But go get in the best shape you can be in. And that is that was about the best thing I could figure out was to go run bleachers. Put on a backpack and run bleachers. That sounds absolutely miserable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Herman and and Herman is also a uh a long time tenured uh elk guide. Elk guide, right, right. Bob Marshall Wilderness, Zorka Beartooth Wilderness, Washakie Wilderness, everything I do is packing mules and going back in the mountains. Yeah. So let's talk about this these uh this survey. Oh, the, the, okay, that whole thing, what that was about, the outfitter took me up on the hill one day and looked down on Slough Creek and he, he just asked me, he said, Herman, he said, How many steers could you summer up here? And I said, oh, I'm, you know, just looking at it, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'd start off with a hundred, maybe one year, and see how it looked. You know, go in, uh, you'd go in in April or May, and then come out of there around September and see what it looked like. But I'd say go in there with about a hundred head or so, and I, I know that that's not too many. And you may decide to come back again next year with a few more. I said, but that'd be about right. And he told me, he said, okay, Herman. He said, let me tell you what I saw. He said, the outfitters up in the wilderness areas are restricted to how much livestock they can take into areas. And he said, they have grazing allotments. He said, the way they figured that out, he said, he saw a Forest Service hand go up there and was carrying a hula hoop (laughs) and spent five days in that creek drainage and would throw that hula hoop on the ground and then sit there and count how many pieces of grass were bitten off and how many pieces of grass were intact. And then went back after five days. They did that so many times. Did it all day, eight hours a day for five days. And then went back and entered all this data in the computer, gave them a formula, and told them how many head of livestock could uh, be in that <laughs> creek bottom, you know, for uh, during hunting season. And a hula hoop. And, yeah. And he said, you know, he said uh, – Farmer, rancher, country person, someone who grew up out in the country, like, you know, we were doing, stand up on a hill, look at it, and go, oh, you know, I'd start off with 100 head. And, you know, 100 head of steers to summer up there. And he said, but no, you know, it's, it, it, and he was, you know, he was indicating, you know, government, you know, has to hire people and and, and people with no experience to come up there, take a hula hoop, and that's how they figured out what the grazing allotment would be. D- well, d- you could say it like you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bunch I, of and, them tree hugging. And I can, see, I can see where, you know, scientifically there's some Merit. method to that madness, but... Uh, but it's funny how it you came know, out. I bet, I bet you your system works every bit as good. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you know. I want to yeah. see, I want to see how that. Uh, I want to see that guy walking up the mountains or driving up the mountains with the hula hoop, getting out of his truck. No, I think it. Well, I, no, I had to walk in. I mean, he's in the wilderness area. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He walked in with a backpack and had enough. You know. I mean, how does your how does your day start? Where you're like, man. Yeah, I'm gonna car- start carrying. my day out with this hula hoop walking into the woods. Right, right, right. Come, come walking up in the wilderness. God, I hope nobody sees me. <laughs> exactly. And during exactly. breaks, I'm gonna actually use it and just kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's really best not, shape of my life. Not, now, 
you know, you consider where you're at. Yes, a hula hoop in the wilderness, that's pretty weird. Same thing, I, <laughs> I, you know, all the all the fly fishermen that come in there with $1,000 worth of gear, and I'll take my fly rod and my, my wore-out tennis shoes and put on a pair of cutoffs and walk off in the creek, you know, whereas everybody else has got, you know, waders and everything. Well, else. that's because they won't get anywhere near you, so you right. got all this fishing water to yourself because they and, see you in cutoffs. Well, that's the deal, and I came walking out one day, and to my horror, I met one of my mule-packing buddies on the trail, and he laughed. He said he thought I was riding a chicken. <laughs> that's funny. I, back when I used to go down to the coast, when I was learning how to, to wade fish on the coast, mm-hmm. I'd go to uh, – I'd go to um, the Salvation Army or to Goodwill or something. I'd buy an old pair of tennis shoes. Yeah. I'd wear an old pair of jeans and a T-shirt, and I'd wait all day long just in yeah. old tennis shoes and, and jeans. And, you know, we'd yeah. get out of the truck. Well, there's and, lots of days, boy. It's There's nothing miserable than being about half dry after wade fishing in jeans, blue jeans. <laughs> yeah, and trying to sit and in your truck dry. and not trash your seat. And, well, yeah, but you don't know any better. I mean, that's no, where, that's, where that's you, what you're And, man, I'll tell yeah. you what. Yeah. We put some saddle blanket flounder in the net and some <laughs> big old trout. Sure. You know, sure. back in the day. <laughs> Up next, we've got your, uh, man, what do we got? Your... Uh, Game Warden Field, Field Notes coming up next. It's the Outdoor Zone, the number one outdoor radio show in the world. Coming to you live right here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 104.9 The Horn and 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. And I beg you, brothers, sisters, help me please. I I give you a signal. I raise up my hands. Won't you join with me? Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Graney. That's Cody Ryan, Beefsteak. Oh, yeah. Is in the house. Herman Brune, president of Texas Outdoor Riders Association, is in the house with us. And Salt Dog yes. is the ranch hand to make sure everything runs smoothly. There's a, there's a certain point. What? Carry on. You're doing great. There's, there's a certain point in every hunter's life where they step to the next level and begin to hunt with a bow. Hunters and non-hunters alike are enjoying the sport of archery, and there's only one true archery shop in Austin. It's Archery Country. They got the very best brands, Matthews, Elite, Hoyt. They have a full-time professional staff, technicians, that can help you with every step of the adventure, no matter your skill level. How about a crossbow? They got them, and they can walk you through getting the right one. Uh, go see our Go see our buddies over at Archery Country. I thought you were stumbling, so I was going to help you out. Go see our buddies over at Archery Country, um, and you can track them at archeryaustinarcherycountry.com. Hey, when is the hunting film tour? Yesterday. It happened yesterday, the film tour that they had, so I can't wait to hear the reviews on that deal. My buddy, I was just going to say that my buddy's been, uh, he went over to Archery Country, been shooting his bow, but he's been practicing out to like 60 and 80 yards not because he's going to shoot at an elk from 60 or 80 yards, but he said, Cody, you get comfortable with 60 yards? Guess what? That 30-yard shot's real close at and that it's point. It's going to go way over. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, what, always, yeah. what always happens with your archery elk hunters is when you get up there, uh, they can practice those different distances, and I, I don't know, I, time and time and time again, I've had guys that would hold off on a shot and say it was too far. And they've been practicing that 40 yards. And, I, right. and I'd show them, and I'd say, well, how far do you think that is? And they'd go, well, Lord, that's 50 yards. And take a range finder and find it'd be like 25. Yeah. For some reason, uh, they, you overjudge that stuff in the mountains. Man. You, you'll mm. you'll think it's too far, and it's it's right there. Uh, live yeah. elk makes a big difference. Right. And they, uh, 
in the adrenaline ten. level. Uh, yes, yes. And, but the thing is, elk hunting, you yeah, 10, 15 yard shot. That's really what you want. Oh, yeah. You know, get them within. Oh, 20, my get them gosh. I can't even imagine an elk at 15 Bugling, yards. Bugling, coming oh, yeah. up on you. Crunching yeah. through the woods, smashing through the woods. All right, now it's time for this week's Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. Sad but true. Navarro County Game Wardens responded to a call of a possible vehicle submerged in a flooded gravel pit. First responders found evidence that a dump truck had gone over an embankment and into an f- old flooded gravel pit, which was 35 or 40 feet deep. Wardens noted a small oil slick forming on the surface of the water, called for a dive team, and launched, launched their patrol boat. The Waxahachie Fire Department dive team arrived on the scene and located the missing dump truck. Divers entered the water and found the dump truck resting upside down, with the driver still in the cab, oh. the driver did not survive. Man, mm. man, they go through you know from drug bust to checking hunting license to recovering bodies to man, those guys, those guys do it all. Well, next so. week we're going to have on a guest, and it was a uh, it's a younger guy, KOZ kid that came up, and uh, Brock's going to be here. He's an intern. For the uh, for the game warden project, right, and there's cool. only cool. 14 of them that are that, that are picked. Very cool. And so he'll talk about some of the experiences and the what you just said, where they suited up at midnight. And, and when he was and, and when he was a kid, when he was a little tyke, I took him out into the swamps and he killed two hogs with one shot. No, oh, and I got that claim, picture. Claim yeah, oh, it was, it was a good deal. It was, I mean, we were in the swamps. We were in the swamp water up to our waist. At least it was the like up creek. to his shoulders, I think, because he was little. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, so uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on was uh, Cody. Yes. you are in Herman. You you chimed in on this because you did the same. Was it? Uh, you're building a camper <laughs> yes for the back of your a truck, truck camper a truck camper right. so it's a dream it's uh yeah, it's all <laughs> a dream so your your project <laughs> is that um you're you're looking at your, your tournament series for next year and which right. one you're going to fish and so one of the things that a lot of the guys do is they'll have a camper or an RV or a bus or whatever, and <laughs> and you are going to start at the camper level, <laughs> truck camper, truck camper, Homemade and so you're building this camper. camper for the back of your truck, and I, it's just an amazing project. I've well, been over there watching you work through this. So I was so my travel partners reaching his mid seventies, the guy that I've been traveling with the last several years. Uh, we've rented houses and hotels and stuff like that, and he's he said he's retiring finally, and uh, that's a bummer for me because I don't have anybody to travel with. I don't, you know, I don't like to stay up late, and he doesn't either. So it worked out great, <laughs> and uh, so we traveled good together. But he's not going to travel with me next year, and I don't want to get stuck with somebody that snores all night or that stays up and parties all night or anything like that. So I thought I'm going to try this camper thing. So started looking at campers online. You can find used ones, ten grand, fifteen grand. Um, I found one for sixty five thousand that I thought looked pretty nice. I mean sixty five thousand. Wow. Sixty five hundred. Yeah, that's sorry. Uh, sixty five hundred nice bucks. Uh, and I was looking at it and I was looking I was reading all through it and um it was one that a guy had made. I didn't realize, it didn't look like it. You know, it looked like it was, you know, done right. And I thought, well, sixty five hundred bucks. I bet I can do that for six hundred, fifteen hundred at least. And uh, and so I had this idea. I don't know, a week and a half ago. And uh, so about, <laughs> you got this half a week built. ago. Now <laughs> I started last Sunday afternoon, and uh, I've got a <clears throat> camper shell. We tested it this week. I had you come over before it yep. got too heavy to manually lift. 
And uh, we threw it in the bed of the truck. And my measurements were spot on. It yeah. fit, fit good. It's almost Amazing. level, almost square. And uh, I'm just now about to put the skin on it. The trick's going to be, I want to fiberglass the whole outside of this thing to just make it one fiberglass unified shell. You know, no leaks, no nothing, just fiberglass the whole outside um, is the idea. (laughs) And uh, we'll see. I hadn't found anybody that can do fiberglass. Now, I've I've done some research of how you can do it yourself. It looks like a total mess, but... I, well, and, you know, and I love. I may the, ruin the whole thing, Herman. You'll love this. There's uh, there's an old farmer's uh, way to do it, where you take uh, it's like Elmer's glue. It's called cheap man's <laughs> cheap man's fiber uh, fiberglass or or poor man's fiberglass. Poor glass. man's fiberglass. And you take yeah, you take old sheets, old cotton sheets or drop cloths. Ah, okay. You kind of paint it on, and you paint it on with uh, wood glue. <laughs> right. And that uh, would make it down to <laughs> Herman. Knows exactly. <laughs> Herman's I, I, I like, can see that. Yeah, I, I but I'm not a, doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm doing it right. I'm gonna have it so done. So if or you I'm know, so if we have a listener out there that knows a somebody uh, can spray fiberglass is the way I'd like it done. Yeah, it oh does my. fiberglass work. We need a fiberglass person. But you it's can, shaping up. I mean, it looks you, really like yeah. a camper and I, and I know Cody I've I've watched him on his project so he's going to get the outside done it'll look right and uh but I can't wait to see what he does on the inside well, why don't you just leave it like that drive where you're going then put a tarp over it there you go <laughs> Well, I'm done. See, I don't do beefsteak style work here. Oh. That, that would be at the Redneck Fishing Tournament. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put on your football helmet. I'm by no and means your beard, beard by no means holder. a craftsman, but I'm also I'm kind of in between a I guess a craftsman and a and a. I guess I'm a rough framer. That's what I called it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm good at rough framing stuff. Well, and, but you're you have an eye for detail, and yeah, uh, and you're very crafty. So it'll be good. I can't wait. I, and I'm glad you're photo- you're shooting photos of the whole I project. Am. I am photographing it. Uh, I'm glad you're shooting <laughs> photos of the whole thing because it's going to be good. All He's right, just so nervous. and you can check out. That's I have fun. been posted, or I did post the first. Uh, progress up on my Instagram page, and I'll transfer that over somehow to my Facebook and stuff, so you can follow that on my social media stuff. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back on the flip side, we got a whole bunch of uh, good radio for you, Peter Report, and all those things. And Herman's going to tell us about a great activity, a great event coming up that you can be a part of. You can come join the the Bunkhouse Boys at an event coming up. So stick around for that. We'll be back right after this. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the Bunkhouse every Sunday morning, 7 to 9, or 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Here at the Horn.